0: hello and welcome to sharp China I'm Andrew sharp and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode you have a best guess as to how this happened on the Chinese side like are you buying the theory that pla hardliners no. <laughs> try to sab- sabotage our diplomatic talks that's no. basically like a Tom Clancy novel brought to life or,
1: or every every spy book about how war starts like like the of you know mo- most sort of Espionage novels around China are all around taking Taiwan and factions in the Chinese government and like the rogue general or this or that and, and blah blah blah. So no, my view and again this is it's a guess. I have talked to some other folks who are more knowledgeable, but again it's it's all a guess because maybe the U.S. government knows for sure, but um, certainly nothing in the public domain would would give up anything conclusive. However, I think that you have to look at a couple of things. One, this is not a new program as mm-hmm. as we're learning, as you know the been talked about in sort of bits and pieces but i think now we're getting a much fuller picture at least in the public domain of this program um two you know it it would be pretty impressive to be able to launch a balloon or unmanned civilian airship from the prc and have it it perfectly overflow the u.s 24 (laughs) hour and be spotted 24 hours before Blinken was gonna fly off to beijing i mean that is like some serious balloon maneuvering right mm-hmm. i mean Best so civilians I think, in the
0: world in and industry.
1: amazing <laughs> um so i think i think just from a practical perspective look i'm not saying it's impossible but it that would be an impressive feat from um again we're not balloon experts nor do we play one on this podcast but certainly from a lot of the commentary from actual real balloon experts it, it is not like precise flying as say putting a drone or somewhere or a plane
0: mm-hmm.
1: second though is is You know, the assumption that I have and other people I respect have is this has been an ongoing program. It was approved at some point at very senior levels, probably by the Central Military Commission, of which Xi Jinping is the chair. Um, And it has been very successful because they keep running it and they haven't actually had any big blow ups until until now. And, you know, it's unlikely that at the top level, like Xi Jinping would approve of a mission right? Yeah. So this could just be an ongoing thing. They have a schedule of how they put these things up and, and run them around the world. And, and, and they're collecting and they're useful. And so they keep doing it. And it's very low cost relative to say, putting up a spy satellite. Um, and so this thing could be running on its own sort of bureaucratic logic. It Most likely, if, again, leaving aside the unmanned civilian airship aspect, if it's you know, run out of the PLA, it's most likely run out of a, a group that is not very well known publicly, probably quite held with a lot of secrecy. Mm-hmm. um and so may- a lot of other folks in the pla don't know exist i don't think the ministry of foreign affairs may be at the top level but i don't think they had any idea of what was going on and then the Blinken visit was not actually officially publicly announced so it's not like so it maybe- couldn't
0: have been planned months in advance
1: right and but they're also like you know was there you know again the this is a big bureaucracy. It's very possible that, you know, there, there wasn't the memo that went to like, Hey, everybody running spy operations of the U S stand down for a week while Blinken's here. I mean, I'm trying, I'm being a little bit facile, but, but I mean, there are lots of reasons inside of bureaucracy like that, especially when you're involving secret secrecy and sort of compartmentalization between bureaucracies that something that is already running on its own pre planned schedule, um, you just would keep going. You wouldn't even know about the potential for this kind of a blow-up. Right. Um, now, and then the other bit in terms of this idea that somehow this is, you know, a, a someone in the PLA who is unhappy with Xi or unhappy with the any sort of potential nice sort of pleasant talk between the US and China, so therefore they're trying to subvert the agenda. I, I mean, you have to look at what Xi Jinping has done from a political project since 2012 where he has come in and the way that he has um, sort of built out his power base, both, and within the PLA specifically, he's undertaken a multi-year rectification, purges, to specifically, one of the goals was to specifically deal with the problems that existed under his predecessor, where there were groups in the PLA who were doing things that just were not really under the control of the, of the top of the military. And again, the military, the PLA, is a party military. So, Interesting.
0: so 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 he so, purged those elements. Well, he, like, and he
1: restructured. He had a, a very very significant set of reforms and restructuring that um, had like like he had done on in civilian areas, which was to centralize control. And so, in under his predecessor, something like this, like a, some sort of a, it's more credible under she. If that if this if sort of the idea that somehow this is this is a group that's freelancing trying to undermine these things, I mean, then you're then you're talking about a much bigger issue around the failure of Xi Jinping to get control of the PLA, centralized control of the PLA. And, and, and I think, you know, looking at the rest of what he's done politically and what we saw at the 20th Party Congress and what we see in other areas, around, it just it doesn't look like that's happening. And so you've got to have a much higher bar, I think, to speculate that somehow this is a, like a rogue element. Than I think what we've seen in some of the media in the last few days.
0: Yeah, and, and to be clear, there hasn't been any like hard evidence of that theory at all. Correct?
1: No, but it's always it's a default like oh you know and 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 it's just like you know and then the Chinese side are mirroring there are folks on the Chinese side who think that this was all this whole Blinken's trip this was all a plot to disrupt Blinken's trip by U.S. Big hardliners on China. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean no, I'm serious. It, it's so, so so it's like you've you've got this. It's it just, it, again, every, both sides have domestic politics. Both sides have extremely domestic politics, especially when it comes to China and the U.S. and the U.S. in the PRC. And, and so it, it it is a it's just it's a very, very toxic mix right now that is, I think, very combustible. And there is going to be, you know, we have to wonder what what's the next sort of ingredient that gets added to this toxic mix that leads to something much more of a problem it's
0: really remarkable i mean last week we talked about general mike minahan and his prediction of conflict in 2025 that whole discussion feels like it was six weeks ago because of how much has happened and swirled around dc in the intervening seven days so um yes the the tensions are high on all sides Uh, i do have one question about she here from patrick He writes, she seems to imagine a future in which China is an economic and military superpower that dominates its region thanks to years of straight line growth. He seems to now be living in that future with his actions, but he's doing so without the consolidated regional power and more importantly, without the time for everyone else to adjust over the course of 20 years to the reality of China as a superpower. As a result, he comes across as very aggressive and essentially a bully. And then at the same time, he seems to be kneecapping his economy and lowering the entrepreneurial spirits by imposing so much control. In this way, it's like he's going back more than 20 years to a power structure of the communist era of complete power, social control, suppression, and a return to emperors. Aren't these two efforts in conflict then? China is behaving like growth will continue on a straight line for 20 years while at the same time suppressing some of the factors that drove that growth over the past 20 years. Is that a valid reading of what's happening, Patrick asks, or are some of these assumptions based on what I'm hearing in Western media? I'd love to hear Bill's thoughts on these dynamics. What do you think?
1: So that is a really interesting question. And I'm going to actually answer it by talking about something that happened earlier this week. So
0: All right, and that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to cynicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, You can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus.